Listeners, this is the first episode of the Oracle Outsiders podcast. This is just going to be um, a weekly podcast where we talk about how the Giants did in the week before and just like our thoughts and takeaways, stuff like that about the team. Um, um, we're not going to have one next weekend because we're only playing like a few games and that would be weird. So, um, yeah, it's, this is just going to be pretty casual and laid back podcast like no real like we're not there's no, no one's like the host here we're just like all talking about the giants it's pretty chill so with that let's just introduce ourselves i guess so hi i'm brennan my name is adam uh, otherwise known as adam 925 boy and adam bay boy with three different spellings okay i'm will um you can find me on twitter as a palms also um i'm shoy um at but uh, S U Y O H S underscore. Yeah, and also I'm on Twitter at Celebrity Waffle. We have a few other people who will be, well, we have three other people um, who are also part of this who couldn't make it today. Um, so we're probably, we're not going to have everyone on very often. Um, oh, yeah, also we're going to have weekly episodes um, recapping what the Giants did um, that week. So this podcast, as you can tell by the title, is about our spring training takeaways. Just any any and all things we we think about the giant spring training performance. So um anyone have anything that they they wanna start out with? Yeah, uh I'm super excited for or I was super excited just to see Buster Posey back on the field again after not seeing him for an entire year. Uh, cause he opted out last year. It was just really exciting. He didn't even perform that well in spring. You know, he had a few good swings, um, that really reminded me of the Buster Posey that we, um, we know and love from 2012, 2010, those crazy years that he had, but really it was just good seeing him on the field, him behind the plate receiving again. Yeah. Um, he did actually yeah. have an three OPS, so he did do pretty well and I'm not oh, saying he's going to well, okay. Do- yeah, coming in here with the stats, but excuse me, damn, my bad. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to do that in the regular season, but like he did look a lot more comfortable at the plate. Like if you watched any Giants baseball at all in 2019, you could tell he was like he was not feeling 100. percent His swings were like really like reduced, and he, he you could tell he was in pain, but he was back to like his like he he looked like he was at least very close. 100% in his at-bats this spring, and, um, like, he's, he's obviously he's familiar with, with some of our pitchers, and we won't have to, like, hold our breath every time Johnny Cueto pitches, um, because of how we would do with Joey Bart, and, yeah, he's, he's just, Posey's, like, even if he doesn't perform on the field, he, like, knows everyone, he's a good Veteran presence, and I don't even know why I'm saying if he doesn't perform on the field because he's he's still a top catcher in my eyes. Because um, he's 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 a fantastic defender, and I still feel like he could put up at least decent hitting numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of sad that they don't have the the 
universal dh this year because i feel like that's something that would have really benefited him and like obviously the giants in general they have a lot of players that aren't that incredible defensively namely like alex dickerson austin slater when he's hurt and like darren ruff i feel like getting all those bats into the lineup is really important for them and was really important for their success last year so i think that like having the universal dh would be something that would be really good and i know that you darvish was talking about getting the universal dh in and he said that he was like confident that they would get it in the night before the regular season started or something but even if they don't i feel like he'll or buster posey will be good just he won't have, you like you won't get his bat in the lineup on those off days that help him sort of keep his legs fresh, keep him from getting too fatigued. So I feel like having the DH would have been really nice. It's not a killer that it's not there, but it would have been a very good advantage for the Giants in specific. Yeah, I yeah. think with the with the DH, I mean, there there's moments that we'll miss, like Will Smith getting hits or just that one hit. That was a really fun moment, and you know, guys like Baumgartner hitting home runs and stuff. But I think overall, it's just better overall with having a dh there because there's so many just throw away at bats every single game whenever a pitcher's up there and you know it just kind of makes the game boring you know those three pitches that they come up there and just either not swing or to like look like an idiot so. yeah um in the in, i don't remember who it was i do it was tony gonsolin um he had the first at bat like by a pitcher in a giant spring training game before it i was just i was like well I mean, I, I like the DH, but I mean, it'll it'll be nice to like know that we're this is probably gonna be the last time we're gonna see pitchers hit. So I'm not totally upset. Then I saw how like how horrible Gonson looked at the plate, and after like three pitches, I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. Get this away from me. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, I know they're facing the Mariners the first three games or so of the of the season, so it's gonna be nice with that continuing. Uh, you know, having a the DH that first three games of the year. But after that, after that, once that Padres series hits, it's going to be, oh, man, we have, you know, Desclafani hitting. He's going to just wave three pitches. He's gone. You know, automatic out again. And then we're all going to be like, oh, my God. We're going to miss the DH a lot this year. Yeah, and I don't know where it stands, like, currently, because, like, the league just, like, turned on its head with all the rules and stuff once the pandemic hit. But... I think I there was like something bef- that said like there's some I don't know what it was but there's like going to be some sort of meeting or something and they were like deciding on the DH and like people think that it's almost certainly going to be permanent from 2022 forward and I don't know if that's still a thing but I hope it is. One thing I want to talk about was how good um, Ramos did this this spring training. I mean he looked like an absolute beast going up there. I think he had a two-home run game that one game. And, I mean, he showed some very good potential. Yeah, um, they gave him the uh, they gave him the uh, Barry Nugent Award, I think it's what it's called. Uh, it's what they give to all the, I think, the first-year uh, player, or first-year in camp, uh, basically kind of like an MVP kind of thing. But he showed, he was amazing. And, you know, every at-bat, it was like a must-see. It was must-see TV because this guy's going to be up probably this year. Unless, you know, he just, you know, falls off the map or if he underperforms or if he, you know, knock on wood, right? If he, uh, or if he gets hurt or something. Um, but they, they're going to see, we're going to see a lot of this guy the next like five, you know, five plus years. 
and it's going to be exciting. Good power, good, you know, solid defense. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good stuff. I personally think it should be called the Chris Marrero Award, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> and I agree. A lot of people, um, I don't even know who the Barney Nugent character is, but I think a lot of Giants fans remember Chris Marrero, even if it's not fondly. But yeah, um, oh, I'm pretty sure Kapler said, or someone said that we are going to see Ramos at some point in the majors this year, which I think is the right move. I'm not sure if I want to see him midseason. I think I'm in the minority there, but like there, there wasn't a minor league season last year and I, I, I want to give him as much time as possible to develop in the minors. I don't I don't want another Joey Bart situation like we had last season. So I think um, a September call up would be the right role for him and especially because our outfield is already insanely crowded with no DH. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. And usually I'm I'm the guy that's like bring him up right away. You know, Bart all last season before he was up, I was like, get him up, get him up, get him up. But now I see like he came in there and he just stank it up. So now I'm, I kind of don't want that to happen with him. So I like to see him, you know, be more of a September call up, like you said. Yeah, I think last season is just an anomaly because there was yeah. no minor this year is definitely going to benefit Ramos. And should he come up mid-season, he'll look hopefully better than, uh, than Joey Part did. Pitching side uh, from spring training, Logan Webb, he looked fantastic. He had something like 15 innings, ton of strikeouts, and, and he had like one or two walks, which he couldn't put hitters away. Um, just excited to see his potential. I know he developed this new pitch. Uh, it was like him. It was uh, a few broadcasts that were televised. He just looks great on Like, he tweeted out that he was working on his command or something. And I jokingly put out a video of a Japanese pitcher who sort of looked motion-wise like Logan Webb. And he was throwing right at the glove every single time. And I was like, this is Logan Webb with command. And <laughs> I didn't think that he was going to get there so quickly. I was really impressed by everything that he was doing. The adjustments that he made from the last couple of seasons. He looked like a completely different pitcher. And I'm really, really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And I mean, we we obviously can't overreact because it is spring training. But just the fact that his command looked good, I mean, that that's a lot for. I mean, anything, even if it was spring training, because the command should be able to carry over to the season. I believe. Yeah, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. And um, staying on the topic of pitching surprises, uh, Nick Tropiano was someone else who I who I did not expect to have the spring he did. And the only reason I had any idea who he was when we signed him was because I took a no-hitter into the ninth inning with him in MLB The Show 16. <laughs> and a <laughs> little flex. But, yeah, he he was very surprising. And, and I and a lot of other people, or a lot of other people and I were pretty were um, at least a little surprised to see that he's going to be starting the season at the alternate site. He he had 13 strikeouts in 10 innings this spring, which um, you know, I'm on at bat right now. So and he he only, he did have five walks, but like he like when we signed him, a lot of he a lot of people didn't think he would like come close to the big leagues this year, but. I think after this spring, he should, like, he, like, if Aaron Sanchez doesn't pan out or if someone gets hurt, I think he should be one of the first pitchers to get the call. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I know, uh, or, hold on, one thing. You said you took a no-hair into the ninth inning. Did you finish it off? 
No, that's well. I would said I finished it off if I did, oh, but Yonder Alonso yeah. singled up the middle. Oh, Yonder! Oh. It's kind of funny because it happened at T-Mobile Park, which is the site of Opening Day. So, I don't know. the The stadium might be cursed for Nick Tropiano, and I I think yeah. that is the the exact reason why he's not starting the season in Seattle because like he's still got that curse going on. Um, I will be the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, I know Gabe Kapler some sometime in the spring mentioned that. Uh, the Giants aren't, or maybe Farhan did. Um, the, the Giants aren't going to use just the five starting pitchers throughout the area. It's going to be somewhere around 10, 11, 12. So I expect Nick Nick Tropiano to get some good time, um, uh, some starting, some starts this year. Staying on the again, staying on the topic of pitching, um, Scott Casimir. He was a cool story, but not a cool pitcher. <laughs> like. <laughs> Obviously, it would like be amazing if he just like came to the Giants after not pitching for four seasons and then just like had a solid year. But like, I don't <laughs> want to see him really ever in a Giants uniform at the <laughs> majors after what he did, um, unless he has some sort of magical AAA. But he had he had a Sam Coonrod ERA, and by that I mean an ERA over nine. And, oh. <laughs> you have yeah. to mention the name. Oh. It's a, any chance I I have to slander Sam Kudrat, I'm gonna do it. But I'm, I'm gonna have to bleep you without saying his name. I think like a lot of us were kind of biased towards him because of his story. It's like, hey, put him in the majors, why not? And then he gave up like yeah. a bunch of runs in that game. I think it was against the Mariners, and then it's like, and then it's like, nope, I'm done with this guy. Yeah, the right when they signed him, the first person that I thought was Ryan Vogelsong, because I was like, oh, you know, this could be if he was, if he's ten percent of what Ryan Vogelsong was, <laughs> I will do. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. Another <laughs> dance. Be insane. Don't, don't commit to anything. Another right? dance. I would do a choreographed dance if uh, if he if he comes to the majors. Cool. Dance to his walk up song, whatever that is. I will. Mm, I that's will. good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess staying on the topic of pitchers, um, someone that I followed pretty closely all spring was uh, Shun Yamaguchi. I, it was weird. He was up in the major league camp for the entire spring until I think literally the second to last game of the of the se- uh, spring season. He didn't pitch for almost two and a half weeks at one point, so I don't know what happened there. Like I genuinely was starting to think that the Giants just forgot they signed him. <laughs> Maybe he didn't show up to the park. I don't know what happened, but regardless, he didn't play. But when he did play, he was honestly a pleasant surprise. Like, when they signed him, I was like, hey, this is funny. Like, he had a 7 ERA in, in Toronto last year. And like I, I genuinely thought that he had a chance to make the opening day roster, like, up until he got uh, sent down. Because when he pitched, like, he had better command than he did in Toronto at any point. And I feel like he was pitching with more confidence. Maybe it was just a thing of, like, the transition from Japan to America. Especially during the season last year, where everything was so turned upside down and completely different from really anything. So I was surprised to see him look like a competent major league pitcher, which I didn't really see from him at all last season. 
So I think that he'll be another one of those guys who gets a chance probably pretty soon to come up to the big league roster because I think after the first three game series or like the first week where we get two days off, it's like just a complete nonstop sprint until the all-star break. So, yeah, I remember there was like two and a half weeks where he didn't pitch. Like I, I, my, myself, I completely forgot about him. And I remember like you tweeted and you were like, Is, did he die or something? And I was like, wait, I forgot he existed. And then it was just like a couple days after that, they finally put him in again. Yeah. And he looked pretty good. I was very surprised. Yeah, I remember when he came in for the first time after those weeks, we were all like, oh my god, he's alive! Yeah, he has that one pitch that the Giants, uh, they talked about. They they really like the changeup. Uh, he, he has a good one. He has a good split changeup. So, you know, if he comes up, I'm excited to see him. Uh, something that I, I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet. I think it's the funniest part of spring training was like that week where Joe McCarthy was actually good. <laughs> <laughs> he was like everyone's least favorite giant, which it started when like started like during summer camp 2020 when like he was on the roster over Chris. Oh my gosh, Chris, Chris Shaw and Zach Green, who are like who who are like fan favorites at least among our group. But um, and we were like, who the heck is this guy? And then he struck out and like every at bat. Then he made the opening day roster over our favorites and he went over 10. And then like in his first seven spring at bats, he struck out six times or something like that. Then he hit a home run and Twitter exploded. Then after that, he it seemed like he hit a ball like 100 miles an hour every time. And then like he just went back to his old self after that. I, It's like I trust his organization. So like, there must be something there with McCarthy, but like I, nothing against him. I, I'm sure he's a great person, but like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really funny that like Twitter was exploding over this. The video didn't come out until like 10 hours after it happened. And when it yeah. came out, it was in like 20 FPS. Yeah. It was like <laughs> watching like jumped on an iPhone 4. It was so funny. <laughs> And the video, when the video wasn't being released, we're like, if, if Joe McCarthy hits a home run and it's not on video, did it even happen? Then it comes out in like, in like Festus Azili dub nation quality. <laughs> and we're, we're like, this is so easily faked. This did not happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, and, him and Steven Duggar, the two punching bags of Giants Twitter. We, we, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that second week, it was proof that bullying works. And then yeah. we just we we went back to praising them, and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. So maybe we should go back to bullying them, and then when they're in AAA, you know, they can they can come up to the majors. Maybe we should just start bullying everyone, whether they're doing good or not, just the whole time. Exactly. Well, what would happen if I'm I'm thinking like, what happens if we bully someone like Yaz, who's already doing amazing? Then would he like become Barry Bonds? Like, I'm just saying. He already is Barry Bonds, Bonds, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, but like Joe McCarthy last year, I thought he was kind of funny because I I genuinely liked Connor Joe a lot. I thought Connor Joe was really funny, but in like a better way. Like, he always looked so happy on the field. And when he got his first big league hit, like, he looked genuinely like he had won the World Series. Yeah. That was- and so I was hoping for another one of those moments last year. Obviously, he didn't come. He continued to suck. <laughs> but then this year, it's like he looked a little bit better at the plate overall. 
And obviously the results weren't there besides that one week, but he looked a little bit more confident, which is obviously a good thing. So if he yeah. does come up, which I feel like inevitably will happen this year at some point, yeah. I hope that he gets that hit, and I hope that he is very proud of himself. I was honestly surprised that he wasn't on the opening day roster, considering how much this organization loves him, but I hope he gets that that, that one big league hit. It, it, it's going to be a great moment. Has he not had his first big league hit yet? Yeah, it was like 0 for 10 with like 7 or 8 strikeouts. Hey, at least he tried, you know. Hopefully yeah. he comes up. Hopefully he comes up and gets that first uh, hit. Yeah. It's gonna be in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. So I think so far we've just been focusing on the surprises of spring. But an- one thing that wasn't surprising was Trevor Gott doing terrible. <laughs> just like, just like he has been since he gave up the home run to. I don't even want to think about it. The, yeah. The- you already. You're, it's too late now. The games against the A's, um, but yeah, um, I don't know the exact the exact stats, but like he gave up like a go ahead home run against the Royals, and then like he had like one the best one of the, one of my favorite parts of spring was when he actually was when he actually had a good outing, and then, yeah. and then like three seconds after the inning ended, he started liking a bunch of slander tweets. He <laughs> <laughs> really got us there. Man was named. Yeah, he was like. Yeah, maybe, no bookmark, if, man. maybe if we put his name in the tweet when we tweet this, uh, when we tweet it out, maybe no. he'll listen to it. <laughs> oh. hey, he can get us. He can get us more viewers, man. He can, he can have some of the giants listen to this podcast. Ooh, yeah, now, Trevor Gott is like baby. one of those guys who it seems pretty clear that he's like dealing with some sort of mental thing on the field. It's probably as a result of those home runs last year and those blown saves, but I hope that he finds whatever he had the first month of the season last year because he looked really good and then it all just sort of fell apart from there. But yeah, I mean, if he finds that stuff like that. from the first month last year, then I think he'd be a really valuable piece of the bullpen. He's got really good stuff and it just seems like he's going some through some sort of like case of the yips or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was fine in 2019. He had some pretty decent numbers, and I thought going into the 2020 season, he could be a late-inning, you know, leverage kind of reliever. But then, and then Steven Piscotty happened, so. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, um, Tommy Listella can help him with that since he hit one of the home runs off of him or something. Maybe Listella coming to the team will have some sort of reverse effect. And yeah. the last thing I want to say about him is that on opening day, I'm getting food from Gott's restaurant for dinner because it's the only place I know of that has garlic fries. And I want garlic fries. And I think it's just the funniest thing that the only restaurant that has garlic fries is called Gott's. Gott's is good, though. I like, I like that place. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Trevor, if you've run this place, man, props to you. <laughs> hey, give us, give, give, uh, give Brennan that discount. If it's a yeah, family run business, he needs that discount. No, we have give to. Give me that discount and I'll, and I'll never slander you again. Well, I think a, a group that uh, just a group of people, people that I'm really excited to watch are those few veterans that are um, whose contracts are expiring. Uh, it's Crawford, Cueto, Belt, and uh, and Buster. Um, I'm really excited to see all those guys because for some of them, it might be their last season here. I really think Crawford and Cueto more so than than Posey and Belt. I think they can. I think they might be able to work out something with. With Belt and especially Posey, if he's if he's you know if he's still passionate and everything like that, 
um, and, and he's still good for his body. But I'm excited to see those four guys because they've been huge contributors to the Giants, you know, World Series title. I saw Dequato. They've been huge contributors contributors to the Giants World Series title in uh, 10 with Posey, tw- and 12 and 14 with um, with Belt and uh, and Crawford. So I'm, I'm really excited to see them because it might be their last year, so we got to appreciate them. I don't think – I see Posey going anywhere else, honestly, but yeah, I, I, I agree with Crawford and yeah, Crawford being more likely to leave, but I don't know about, about, about Bell. I've heard rumors of people saying that it's possible that if he, you know, starts the season off really hot, there's a possibility, you know, his, his trade value would be really high. So we might trade him, but it feels like we hear that every season about him. So it's like, you never know. Yeah. Bell. Um, yeah, yeah, I do think he's the most interesting out of everyone because, like, he's not blocking any big prospects. Like, we don't have any f- big first base guys in the minors. And and I know this front office loves plate discipline. I almost just said police department because that's what I always call it. But, <laughs> uh, this front office loves plate discipline, and Bell obviously has that. And so... Um, I would not be surprised if they kept him around. And if they don't, I definitely have faith in them to be able to trade him for a good first base prospect or even someone who's MLB ready at first base. Um, and as for the other guys, um, my dream situation with Posey, and this probably isn't happening, but my dream situation with Posey is that um, we sign him to a one-year contract. Well, he announces that he's going to retire after... 2022 this coming off season and so we signed him to a one-year contract um and then he plays first base because um, joey bart's raking at catcher and bailey's in triple a and we had traded away brandon belt for a prospect so posty's at first base in 2022 and then he has like an amazing send-off and hits our first walk-off grand slam since 1972 and his final giant <laughs> and, and then he sticks around and he stays as man, and he and he starts as manager for 2023, and manages us to the World Series that year because 2022 is when Kapler's contract is up. So, Buster, I don't think I'm asking for a lot here, man. Just <laughs> I don't know, Kapler. I don't. We'll see what happens with him at the end of his contract and if he stays. But I think I'd like him to stay, and then. If what happens, you say Buster retires in 2022, maybe he comes back as like a hitting coach or some type of assistant coach like that. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention, but like um, he did he did hint at this maybe being his final season. But he also said, I think it was like a year ago, that he doesn't ever see himself playing anywhere other than San Francisco. So I think it would be harder on me if he played somewhere else next season than if he retired this season. Yeah, I'd 100% rather have him retire than go somewhere else. And then as for Crawford and Cueto, um, I really don't see either of them sticking around after this season, which, which like, I, I really like them both as people because Cueto, obviously, he's not the pitcher he once was, but he's, he's so fun to watch, like, with, with his shimmies and everything, and this season, how funny it is the way he hits. And then Crawford, he's such a great story because he's like the local guy who's always said his whole childhood he played shortstop for the Giants, and now he is. But, like, we've got Luciano and Wilson coming up. So, and, like, 30-something-year-old Crawford probably doesn't fit into our future plans. But I hope he he can find success elsewhere. And Cueto is, like, 
I think the Giants would have to pay him like twelve million or something if they pick up his option or however his option works. But like I, I really don't. I I think this is quite his last season with us. Yeah. I feel like in terms of Crawford, it's like it's hard to say that like Luciano's right there because he is still 19 years old he was in mlb spring training this year looked really overmatched a lot of the time so i feel like either they keep crawford on like a one or two year deal and then when luciano's ready they bring him up as a shortstop or they let crawford go this offseason they go after one of the big big free agents like a like a seeker or like a correa get that player and then once Luciano's ready to come up. Either he comes up as a shortstop, and that big short, uh, shortstop, whoever it would be, moves to third base, or they just develop Luciano as a third baseman instead. So I feel like saying that Crawford is done specifically because of Luciano is a little bit of a stretch. I don't, I don't necessarily think like stretch is the right word, but I feel like Luciano's still a few years away, so Crawford yeah. definitely stays yeah. a position. I forgot to mention the free agents. I knew there was something I was leaving out, but like obviously because of the contracts, we're going to be a lot more like financially good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't I definitely think we're going to sign at least one big name free agent, whoever that may be, because like there's like there it's like insane how many good shortstops there are that are going to be free agents, like Lindor if he doesn't get extended, and Seager and. Ray is probably not going to get extended, and Baez was awful in 2020, but, like, I think I'm forgetting someone, maybe, but, like, if I had to guess, I think um, we uh, Crawford doesn't resign, and we get a big-name free agent shortstop. Yeah, and the fact that they're getting a ton of money off the books with uh, all these expiring contracts from the Bobby Evans era, who we, oh, we love that guy. Love Bobby Evans. Thank you so much for what you did. Uh, yeah, um, but no, they're, yeah, they're getting a ton of contracts and money off the books, which is going to free up um, some room um, to sign one of these big name free agents. So we'll see if they resign Crawford. They could definitely resign Crawford. I could see a one or one or two year deal um, if they don't land one of Story, Baez, Correa, all all those guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, the twenty twenty one off season is going to be really exciting. Yeah, yeah sure. with Crawford resigning too, it it kind of depends. Like, is he willing to like step down and take more of a veteran role in the cup in the next couple of years, and you know, bring up guys like Luciano and stuff like that? So, I mean, you know, he was born and raised here. You know, he always wanted to be a Giant, so I could definitely see him, you know, wanting to do that and just stay here and be a veteran guy for us. Yeah, and the thing with Crawford and Belt is like. They they had been on like a very obvious decline, and then they both just like exploded in 2020. Like Belt was like one of the best hitters in the league, um, and and Crawford like his his defense was back, his, his hitting was amazing. Like obviously it's a Mickey Mouse season, so you can't those aren't like um, like fully like indicative of what they can do in 2021, but like. That's just that's another thing to keep an eye on with with them is like if they can replicate that and if they do like it just makes it even more complicated. So yeah, there there are a ton of players to watch this year. Yeah, and I think it's really significant uh, the new Giants coaching staff. They brought in these hitting coaches that 
the players were really complimentary of uh, just Justin Veeley, Donnie Ecker, and Dustin Lind. I think they're, I think I, I might have botched one of their names, but uh, all the veterans really spoke highly of those three guys and they help, uh, they help them greatly. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like those hitting coaches are going to have a huge impact this year, just like they did last year, even though it was a, it was a Mickey Mouse, a Mickey Mouse season. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see what Buster does under them too, because we we haven't got to see that because Belt had a big year under them and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. Another impact that Buster will have is like he's gonna um oh another or something that people were saying about like Joey Bart's 2020 is that Buster Posey wasn't there to like help and mentor him, and like obviously um, Bart's not on the opening day roster but like as a september call-up i think he's gonna come up and and buster posey i is really really gonna help him and like help him develop even more than he already has and i'm really excited to see that hey guys it's been like a good amount of time how have we not mentioned our king mauricio dubon or dubon excuse me dubon 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 he had the the numbers weren't crazy over the spring, but just watching and seeing his, especially his walk, uh, strikeout to walk ratio, he walked a good amount. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he walked a good amount of time. And at the first half of, not the first half, like the first few weeks of, of last season, he was just waving at everything missing. And then all of a sudden, uh, some some light fl- light uh, light switched in his head. And he, you know, he was taking pitches. He was being more selective. And uh, he had a little bit of power at that last end of the year. And I really feel like, if that if last year was a full season rather than that sixty game season, he was really getting going at the last few weeks. Um, hit a couple of homers at the last couple of series. So I, I'm I'm excited to see um, the development of uh, Mr. Dubon. Dubon, excuse me, I'm gonna have to get used to that. Dubon, yeah. Is Dubon becoming like a coming the second coming of Joey Votto with that walk rate was just like was the last thing anyone could have predicted. I was so shocked. He probably had the worst plate discipline of anyone on the team. Um, yo, Lindor just signed an extension. I just got the passing notification. <laughs> Whoa, breaking news. 10 years, 341 million. Okay, well, he's not going to be – we're not going to sign him as a free agent. Yeah, so, free agent option. Oh. Yeah, overpay, overpay. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> well, back to Giants. So, as I was saying, Dubon walking, Dubon walking so much was like the most surprising thing. That, like, it was the last, like I was saying, it was the last thing anyone could have expected. And if he can continue that, like, that would be so incredibly clutch. Like, plate discipline and base running. Or like two of his um his worst areas last season and then not only did he walk so much he also stole four bases it's like he he, he saw us like talking about him on twitter just like curry at halftime and like <laughs> we've been all of giant has been like unrealistically hyping him up and he's like you know what i'm gonna meet those expectations and it's like i I was so excited. That was one of my favorite parts of spring. Yeah, I love him. I'm, yeah. I had a thing come up, and it was tweets from a year ago, and it was when a bunch of us were like tweeting his name over and over again to try and get him trending. 
Yeah, it's his it's his uh contagious smile and the energy that just it lights you up, man. It, it, it you just you just want to pull for the guy, especially the story he obviously is a I think he's the first player from Honduras. Um what do you uh, that's Trump. Wait, Trump's Aruba, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um I'm sorry, I'm still a little bit shaken from the from the Lindor thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um what was I saying? Yeah, so he, he came to the States. He was a Giants fan uh, in uh, in high school. So he, he grew up watching the guys that he's playing with right now. Like, he, he turns double plays. He he went from watching Crawford from the stands to turning double plays with him. So he's just a – you love to see a, a former Giant – or a former Giants fan turn Giant. Um, you just want to root for the guy. It's awesome. You yeah, literally can't not root for him. He's playing for his childhood team. He's like the most wholesome person in the league, except for Tyler Heineman. It's like he's so awesome. And like he learned he just he he randomly became one of the best center field defenders of the season last year after working on it for one offseason. Like what what can't he do? Seriously. Apparently he can walk now too. So yeah. Austin Slater, he's been he's been having a great spring. He's hit a few home runs for and a lot of them came against righties and which is so clutch. Yeah. But also makes things a lot more confusing because then it's like obviously Yaz yeah, was the everyday right fielder. But then like since Slater can hit righties, who do you put in left? Is it Dickerson or him? Yeah. It's like it just brings us back to the DH. It's like we need that back so we can get those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you talk to Smash Mouth, he'd disagree. <laughs> Smash mouth. Smash mouth. He's not guy. the sharpest. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Apparently, he really isn't. Um, yes. But getting back to Slater, um, I think it's significant how they put him in center because you know obviously Dubon, Dubon is going to be the everyday center fielder, but he also plays second base shortstop. So say they're against a lefty, he can he can come to the infield while Slater can go to center field. Um, and he can go short with Crawford resting. It's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Yeah, but the thing that kind of scared me was Dubon was kind of terrible at shortstop this spring. Like, so that like leads me to believe that Crawford should be our everyday shortstop um, until Dubon figures it out. But then, like at the same time, you're gonna have to sit one of those outfielders. Probably, it's like like our. Almost our whole team, except for Buster and Yaz, is just a giant platoon. But Gabe yeah. Kapler, like he's shown that he has some fantastic lineups, so I trust him to figure it out. Slater's, Slater's probably going to get hurt at some point, so that'll solve yeah. that issue temporarily. There's going to be tons of guys that get hurt. I mean, it's a very long season, so I mean, that's yeah. the good thing. Is we got plenty of guys that we can move around and fill up holes and stuff. Yeah, and I think just the flexibility in general this year is really really interesting to see because you could see like one lineup one day and then a completely different lineup the next day or even the same lineup with guys in completely different positions the next day yeah. this so is the first... that's going to be one thing that's going to be interesting to watch out for this year this is the first time i've ever seen a giants team anything like this almost yeah. everyone you said it all like you it's just like completely different lineups one day to the next. And like, they're both like equally good pretty much. Yeah. The lineup against lefties I, last year, this is last year, but the lineup against lefties was a lot more formidable than the lineup against righties and the lineup against righties. That wasn't too shabby either. So 
they're they're in a good spot right now, especially in that first series where they're facing a bunch of left-handed pitchers, starting starting pitchers. Yeah, and but then we we bolstered that righty lineup with Lestella, who is that was right. such yeah. a huge pickup. Like, I'm so excited to see Lestella. Like on baseball savant, he was like in the hundred percentile, so he was the the best player in the league. It was like it was something like like. K rate or contact rate or something like he just does not strike out almost ever. Like Donovan Solano, but better pretty much, and left-handed. You had uh, that uh, that Angels lineup last year with him and David Fletcher batting one two. That was insane yeah. to watch. It was almost always a guy on uh, guy on base or two guys on base for the middle of the lineups so of the Trouts, you know. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what he does this year. The Stella Bell yeah. years are like, or like some one mixture of those three at the top of the lineup. Like that's gonna be a really rough like first inning for the pitcher because like those guys they all like take a bunch of pitches and then they and they all make great contact on pitches on the corners and stuff like that. So. They're yeah. definitely going to rattle those righty starters. Yeah, and about uh, Yaz and uh, and Listella, we almost we avoided disaster with both of them at the end of spring. Yaz, he took his last at bat. He was taking his last at bat, and he got a little scare on his hand. Um, Kapler did say he's going to be okay. Same with uh, Listella. He looked in a lot of pain when he uh, got hit in the shin and the in the knee area. But uh, thank the baseball gods that they are okay. So well, um, it's going to be exciting to see that one, two, three. It's got it's got to be. That one, two, three is going to be, you know, it's going to be huge to just set the tone for the for the game against right-handed pitchers. It's going to be fun to fun to watch. Yeah, yeah the, sure. those injuries are going to be terrible. PTSD from Bumgarner a few years ago. Yeah, um, three years before that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't watching either of those games live, but then like I saw I saw like the the videos after. I'm like, oh my god, this is we just lost like our two two of our best hitters. Like this is gonna be 2020 all over again, and then and Cap was like, "No, they they got drilled with a rock at 90 miles per hour, but they're fine. They should be good to go for opening." Another guy who looked really good this spring training was Adam's a big fan of him, Evan Longoria. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, so I mean, having him at third, and you know, who else can play third on this roster right now? Well, I don't want I don't want to see Wilmer over there, but I mean. If he if he can step up there and be an everyday starter, that's gonna be great for us. So, well, I I think the plan was to have a Stella Longoria platoon, but then Longoria went and had an OPS over a thousand this yeah. spring, which complicated yeah. our lineup even more. So yeah. Ooh, two more guys. I'm or a few more guys. I'm excited about the starting pitchers they brought in: uh, Desclafani, Wood, and Sanchez. Um, Smiley and Gosman, they they saw a total revival under the the, um, the coaching staff. Um, so I'm really excited to see those those trio. Uh, Woods uh, injured to start the year, unfortunately, but I'm really excited to see uh, Disclafani and uh, Disclafani and Sanchez. Disclafani, he looked really good in spring, so I'm excited to see him. Uh, hopefully, ho- I'm excited to see all of them hopefully bounce back. The thing that makes me excited about Disclafani was like he's a pretty similar he's pretty similar to Gosman, like a veteran who's been around for a while, but like was never really that good. And, but then like then Gosman came to the Giants, he had like a fantastic season. So um if if 
Zaidith and Harris think they can get that out of Di Sclafani, that would be incredible. And like, I usually get really excited whenever we sign like anybody at all. Like, oh my god, everyone in this front office is a genius. This guy's gonna go out and get MVP votes. But like, kind of overrate everybody yeah. that Zaidith signs. But I think I have good reason to be excited about Di Sclafani. This has been episode one of Oracle Outsiders. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Peace.